You are now listening to Zakaic Podcast, proclaiming Jesus as Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, and Coming King. Instead of continuing with our series entitled God's Choices, we will be skipping tonight because we are going to celebrate and put emphasis on the Mother's Day. And that is why the message for this evening is entitled, More Than Gold. And that's what we will be talking about based on the very word of the Lord. I remember the year when I had my internship in Valenzuela City with the Alliance Gospel Church. One time we went for a retreat, and while we were on the bus, we were observing on matters that were taking place around us. I had my co-pastor beside me. There were five of us. All of us were pastors. And then one of those four pastors sat beside me inside that bus. When the bus suddenly stopped, my seatmate said something like this, Ang daya naman ng driver. Sabi ko, why were you able to say that? And sabi niya, have you not noticed earlier, there was a, an Espasol vendor. I don't know if you are familiar with Espasol. If you happen to visit the southern Tagalog part of Luzon, there, that is the place where Espasol is really sold by many people. An Espasol is made up of sticky rice, and it's covered with a powder-like white-colored ingredient. So white yung labas niya, pagkagat mo, um, brown-brown siya. And it's really very del- delicious. It's sweet. But I haven't found here in, the, in Mindanao, only at Southern Luzon. So when, when that guy made that comment, he said, Have you not noticed that there was an Espasol vendor earlier? She made a sign to stop the bus. And I said then, well, the driver did not stop. But right now, he stopped when that Espasol vendor, the second one, made a sign stopping the bus. And sabi ko, ba't mo naman nasabing madaya? Kasi, sabi niya, earlier, tinignan ko yung mukha ng babae na nagbebenta. Oh, sabi ko, ano ngayon? Sabi niya, hindi maganda. Kaya hindi siya nag-stop. Tignan mo yan ngayong pinaakyat niya o ang ganda. Bugoy. But that poses a reality on how our culture provides or gives value to women. Women in our time, as dictated by our culture, would only perceive a lady is valuable when the lady is good-looking. No wonder there are many ladies who would really try their best to stretch their skin, to make it look younger, to paint their face with makeups, to dress themselves in a way that they would become attractive. Why? Partially within our culture, we are given value based on looks. Or, if not based on looks, based on wealth. Let's treat that lady properly. Why? She is wealthy. 
If not based on looks, if not based on wealth, our society would somehow provide value to women because of educational attainment. Do you know where that lady graduated from? She came from a very prestigious school. Let's accommodate her very well. If not for looks, if not for wealth, if not for educational attainment, probably because of position. Do you know that that lady occupies a very influential position in the society? Let's accommodate her. But if you are an ordinary person, you are not good-looking, no high educational attainment, not occupying a very influential position, no wealth to show, then the society of our time somehow would treat us or would treat the lady with a lesser value. That's how, that's what I observe. But that reality isn't only happening in our time. That was already happening even in the ancient Egypt. When the Israelites were there in Egypt, the Egyptians gave value to women. And the value that they gave to their women was dictated by the, so the influence that that woman has within the society. So if that woman is not influential within the society, meaning to say in the minds of the Egyptians, that lady is less valuable. But is it how we as followers of God, is it how, are, is it how that we would perceive the value of the woman around us? You know, back then, the Israelites were there in Egypt. They were there for decades. They were there and they were so much influenced by the culture of the Egyptians. That was the time when God called Moses and God told Moses, Moses, I want you to deliver my people. I want you to lead them from Egypt to the promised land. And Moses, this is what I want to happen. In my mind, I want my people to form a nation when they arrive at the promised land. I want them to form a nation that is unique from the rest of the nations. I want them to be a nation wherein they would worship me as their God. I want them to be a nation that will behave as God's children. That's what, that was the, the command of God to Moses. And so Moses went to Egypt. And then they started traveling, going to the promised land. Okay? That was when the book of Genesis was written by Moses. So if you look at the order in the book of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Genesis comes first and then Leviticus. But Genesis was written, I mean Genesis and then Exodus. But Genesis was written while the Exodus was taking, taking place. Okay? Why was it written by Moses that time? This is the thing that happened. When they went out of Egypt, going to the promised land, they worried about so many things. And one of those things that they worried about was, where are we going to get food? Because when they went out of Egypt, they saw the vast wilderness, the vast desert that they needed to, to cross. And so in their minds, there are no plants, there are no trees, 
There are no vegetables. We could not plant in that dry ground. Where are we going to get our food? Added to that, where shall we get our water? How are we going to survive if we cross that vast desert? So they were worrying about these things, and God told Moses, Moses, I want you to encourage my people. Write down what I have done in the very beginning of time. And so Moses wrote what God did in the beginning of time. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created, he just said it, let there be light, and light came to be. He put the stars in their places. He said that there must be a land, there must be a water, and then everything came to be out of the words of God. So when the Israelites were traveling from Egypt to the promised land, that's what they were hearing from Moses. And out of those exhortations that Moses gave to them, they were encouraged. Why are we worrying about food to eat? Why are we worrying, worrying about the water to drink this time when the God who created the universe is the one who called us through Moses? And so they were comforted. So while the Israelites were thinking about those things that they need in life, God had something else in mind. In the mind of God, while you are traveling from Egypt to the, to the land of promise, I am going to transform you. I'm going to transform you into the nation that I desire for you to be. And part of the transformation that God was doing in them was those perceptions and part of their culture already that were influenced to them by the Egyptians. One of those is how they treat and perceive women. How did the Egyptians perceive women? To them, a woman is important only when she plays an influential role in the society. But if the woman doesn't have that influential role in the society, then she must be less important, less valuable, or she does not have a value at all. You see the problem in that premise. That is why God wanted to change the mindset of the Israelites in relation to women. And so let us look at Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 to 25. And I believe these verses would help us see what was in the mind of God in the way he perceived women. Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 to 25. I'll read from the Nasbi 1995 edition. The word of the Lord says, then, God's, then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Out of the ground of the Lord, the Lord God formed any beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle and to all the birds of the sky and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which she had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman 
because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. May the good Lord bless the reading of his word. God wanted to transform the minds of the Israelites. You know, looking back at the earlier verses, you would see that God created a set of creation, and then he said it was good. He created the land, he created the sea, the sky, and then after creating all of those things, he said it was good. And then he created and pronounced about the vegetations to, to, to come out, and they came out of the land, and then he pronounced that animals would come out of the land. He pronounced that the sea would be filled with creatures also, teeming with life, and so was the sky. And they all came to be, and God said it was good. So if you look at chapter 1, in that creation account, you would see that God commented several times, commended, saying that line, it was good. On the last part of the creation account, you would see there that God created man. And after he made man, he stepped back, looked at this all creation in its entirety. It was then when he said, it was very good. So I want us to take note of that. And you can see all those commendations of God in chapter 1, verse 1 up to chapter 2, verse 3. Chapter 1, verse 1 up to chapter 2, verse 3 is actually a panoramic shot of the creation account. But beginning with verse 4, God took some snapshots, zoom-in photos of the creation account. If you look at your phone and you put on the camera, you would notice that there are options, especially kung medyo high-tech yung, yung cell phone mo. There are options there sa camera. Isa nun is panorama or panoramic shot. When you take a panoramic shot, it gives you the chance to see the big picture, okay? That's panoramic shot. But when you put your camera within that adjustment of a zoom in, when you zoom in your lens, it would only show to you a portion of the scenario. So if I can take a panoramic shot of all of you, I can do that with one shot. But if I zoom in already, some of you will not be included in the picture anymore. Verses 1 up to verse 3 of chapter 2, verse 1 of chapter 1 to up, verse 3 of chapter 2. It's a panoramic shot. Now beginning with verse 4, these are zoom-in photos of the creation account. So take note, there are no two creation accounts that were mentioned in the book of Genesis. It was just a different perspective. The perspective, bigger perspective, the bird's eye view, and now the specifics in chapter 2 beginning with verse 4. Now, looking at this, he mentioned about the details of the Garden of Eden. He mentioned about the details of the rivers that are there and the precious stones. When you reach verse 18, when you reach verse 18, it was a zoom-in photo of the creation account of man and woman. Okay? And let's go, let's focus on that particular account in the creation event. Now, when God made Adam... Take note, I mentioned earlier in the earlier verses, God made a series of commendations saying it was good, it was good, it was good, it was good. When everything was finished, in the panoramic shot, he said it was very good. Now he zoomed in. When he created man, 
Look at what he said in verse 18. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man. Take note, his commendations were, it is good, it is good, it is good, it was very good. For the very first time, you would see a negation in the comment of God that says it is not good. The only moment that in the creation account, God stated a negative, negative comment on the matter. He said, it is not good. What is it that is not good? It is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. And when he mentioned these words, there is a continuation to the statement that says, I will make him a helper suitable for him. In other words, the woman is created to address the problem of loneliness of men. And there is a value in that idea. Why? Some people might understand that line in a negative way saying that you were only created because of my need. It is not like that. It shouldn't be taken that way. Instead, it must be taken by man in a gratitude form of response. Thank God because he created you. Because if not, then there is the problem that I have experienced at the very beginning of time that was only addressed by God through you. Men, always think of that. There is an issue at the very beginning of the creation. It is not good for man to be alone. And out of that scenario, God created the woman. Look at what God said here. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Oh, by the way, let's not mistakenly understand this word helper. Because if we understand the word within our culture today, we will really misunderstand it because how we understand the word helper is different from how the biblical writers understood the word. Because in our time, if you say, try to tell your wife, you're a helper. Basig masagpaan ka. Why? Because we have a negative connotation about, diba? But actually, you should not be feeling like that whether it's really a helper or not, because it's a noble thing to do. But there is something like that understanding in our time. But in those days, when you say a helper in a biblical language, a helper comes from the word surrounder. Eve is used by God to surround Adam that Adam will be able to fulfill the intentions of God for him. In other words, in the absence of Eve, there is going to be a problem in the way that man will be able to fulfill what God intended for him. A suitable helper. Take note of the word suitable. It is not just a helper. It's a suitable helper, a suitable surrounder, a suitable partner, a suitable person that would only fit that you would feel suited for you. Have you tried going to a shoe, shoe shop? I went to Shoe Palace, and then I went there. There's a lot of shoes. Sneakers, rubber shoes, loafers, a lot of different kinds of shoes. And then you went inside that shoe shop, and you wanted to buy one. You look at the designs. There are a few designs that you like, but there are 
problems in terms of size because you realize that the size fitted for you, you cannot find it there. So you went to another section. You found a shoes that has your size, but you don't like the design. So you went to another section. There's a shoe there that really fits with your fit, and the design is nice, but your pocket doesn't agree with its price. It is not suitable for you. It is not fitted for you. You'll end up going out of the shoe store without buying anything. In other words, you'll end up frustrated within that day. It's on that same idea when God created Eve to address the issue that Adam was going through. It is only Eve that can be used by the Lord to address the situation of man. It is only the woman. The term, if you understand it, when he was naming the animals, Adam felt opi. Diba ginagamit natin yung term ngayon? Ayaw kong mag-join dyan sa group na yun. Bakit? Na-opi ako eh. In other words, you feel out of place. You feel that you don't belong there. So when Adam was surrounded by all the rest of the creations, he was feeling opi. And when God saw this, God addressed that issue by creating the woman. So don't get it wrongly. Don't take the wrong perspective that as a man you begin saying, you were just created for me. No, it's not like that. That's not the appropriate response to it. The appropriate response is, you know, I thank my God for creating you because there is something that the man felt at the very beginning that only you, only you, there is no any other creature in the entire universe that is suitable for me. It's only you. Thus, woman, the woman is valuable. Furthermore, you know how God really created, after that, God said, I will make a suitable helper for, for, for Adam. And then God put Adam to sleep. And God performed the first ever surgery in the history of mankind. The first ever surgery. God put Adam to sleep, just how it is done in the hospitals today. If there is a general operation, I mean if there is a serious operation, you'll be put to sleep. God with all his might and power put Adam to sleep and took a portion of the ribs of Adam. Some translations use the term side. Why side? Because it could have been that there was a portion that is flesh when God took it out of Adam. Why? Because later Adam said, if you look at verse 23 and 24, Adam said, looking at Eve, he said, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. So in other words, it was not purely rib. Probably there is a, a flesh in it. And there here is something very interesting. When I was studying this, there is a, an article that I have read written by a scientist. And you know what that scientist said? Of all the human parts in this human body that we have, of all its parts, only the ribs contain the complete DNA that a, person, that a doctor, a scientist can clone another human being from it. Only from the ribs. And that's a new discovery that we have in our time, something that was unknown in the biblical times, but God did it already. He took the rib of Adam and formed it into a woman. And when Adam woke up, 
Eve was there already. Eve was there already. And you know what, what Adam said? Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. What did he mean with that statement? It only me meant that Adam perceived that the value of the woman, that the woman is as valuable as he him, him himself. Why did I say that? If you look at the idea of bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, Adam was actually declaring that they have the same components in that body that he has and with the body that Eve has. It's the same components. It is made up of the same matter. And thus, out of that premise, Adam was acknowledging that Eve as, is, is as valuable as him. You know, there are many cultures in this world, not only ancient culture, but even modern day time. There are a lot of cultures that regard women as second class compared to men. In fact, there was a time that Dr. Bendez who shared to me a, an experience that they had with another country. When, they arrived at, when he arrived at the airport, he had one huge bag and he was carrying another small bag. When he got down the plane, from the plane, when he, when he disembarked, he went out of the airport and he was met by a couple, a small lady and a huge tall guy, okay? Small lady, a very tall guy. They are a couple, husband and wife. Dr. Ben was so surprised with what happened because that tall guy went to him and got his small bag. And that small woman, the wife, got the bag, the very huge bag that he was carrying. Sabi nga ni Dr. Ben, halos hanggang balikat na ng babae yung bag kasi malaki yung bag, maliit siya. And then he was complaining to the husband, I feel awkward because your wife is bringing the huge bag. And then the husband said, Ben, you are in our country. Don't disrespect our culture. It's culture. Kawawa naman si babae. Diba? Siya yung tagabitbit. Awag na kayong magtanong sa akin mga lalaki kung saan yun banda. Kasi baka balak yung pumunta doon. But that's, that's what happened. There are culture in the world today that operates that way. Why? Because they perceive women with a lesser value than men. But looking at the creation account, God is giving us the idea that women are so valuable. Valuable in a sense that there is a problem with man himself that only the, the woman was used by God to address the issue. Added to that, Adam himself perceived this, that he has the same components with Eve because they belong to the same level and thus as far as importance is concerned, they have the same value. Lastly, after God created Eve, Adam said, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. And there is an author's comment that you would see in verse 24. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. For this reason, a man shall leave his mother and father, a father and mother. Now, listen very carefully. As I read this verse before, I was thinking of 
parents. That the parents of Eve and Adam must understand this instruction. Now the problem with that thinking is Adam and Eve did not have parents, biological parents. They were the first human beings. And so this statement of the author does not pertain to their parents. It pertained to the both of them. So that both of them, Eve and Adam and Eve, would understand that one day when they have their own son, they must learn to let go of their son because the son has to leave his father and mother and be joined to the woman. Why? There is the idea of the man pursuing the woman. So it is not only a Filipino culture that silalake ang manliligaw kay babae. It is really biblically uttered. It is godly designed practice that the man is created by God, designed by God to pursue the woman. And here is the thing. You'll never pursue someone that is not valuable in your sight. I tell you, you'll never do that. Why will you run after this object? Because for you, it's valuable. Why will you run after this job? Because for you, it's valuable. Why will you run after this lady? Because for you, she is important. She is valuable. You only run after, you only pursue someone that is valuable in your sight. Most especially if you perceive its value. Why will you, why will you run after a wife? Why will you run after somebody that you love? Because she is valuable to you. Most especially if you know the value. Because we don't run after something that we don't know the value. I remember a, a reading from an article that there was a house in Cambridge University. The house, I think, of the chaplain. And then in that particular old house, there was an old rug. For a very long time, the rug was just there. One time, there was a cleaner who visited that house. And the cleaner said to the one occupying it, Sir, you know what? I have been here in this school for many years. But you know what? By the time I arrived in this institution to work, I already saw that rug on the floor. And the occupant said, And what are you trying to tell me? Sir, it has been there for a long time. It looks very dirty. It looks very ugly already. Why don't you just change that huge rug? In fact, it's very strange because I have not seen a rug as big as that in our time. You look around you, you go to the market, you cannot find. I suggest you change it already. I believe your floor would look nice. Your floor would be very presentable to your visitors. And so the occupant agreed. They were about to remove it when he noticed that there were designs that looked so strange beneath the rug. And so he said to that cleaner, he said, before we remove this rug, I want to call a friend first and let him find out what really this rug is for. Because to me, this is also not very familiar. It's my first time to see as huge as this. 
And so he said, that friend of mine is into collections and he is into archaeological discoveries. And so he called his friend and he went there. He said, this looks so strange. Can I bring this to my house to study further about it? And they allowed him. So they got the rug and he brought it to his house. After one week, that friend of the occupant called him. He said, hello. I am really wondering how it happened that this rug is in your house. Please do not throw this rug. Instead, sell this rug. Ang nakatanggap ng call, sabi niya, nanabuang na ni kay ipabaligya naman noon yung trapong. Kisa may mupalit ani. Purti naman yung hugawa, purting mauta. And he said, what did you see in that rug that you are now convincing me to sell it? And that friend of his said, don't you know that this is a person-created rug? This rug existed for centuries already. And you can never find this kind of material all over the world today. So I am suggesting you sell this. Because the way I understood, this could be sold 4,000 US dollars per square foot. And the rug was so huge. And really they sold it for 250,000 US dollars. A crazy real story. But why were they thinking of throwing that? Because they didn't know the value. But when they found out that it was really very expensive, I believe the one occupying the house did not tarry. He really went there to his friend's house to get it back. Why? Because he knows its value. God designed women as valuable creation that men are to pursue the women. Kaya women... Wag maghabol kay lalaki. You are so valuable that God created you not to pursue, but to be pursued. Ganon kayo ka-importante sa mata ni Lord. That is why know your worth, know your value. Understand it. But the problem is this. Many times today, we believe in the dictation of our society that you are not valuable unless you are beautiful, that you are not valuable unless you are wealthy, that you are not valuable unless you are highly educated, that you are not valuable unless you occupy a very important position in the society, in a certain company, in a certain group. That's the lie that this society is giving to us. And sometimes women are believing and embracing this kind of branding, embracing this kind of value that is taught to us in our time. Have you forgotten that your value is not dictated by these people? Your value is dictated by the one who created you. Maunang ayog padalaan ng magpainat-inat, judog skin, you are valuable in the sight of God just as you are. 
One time, my cousin told me, and I mean, my cousin convinced me of getting a something that they were selling. Sabi niya sa akin, Pastor, bili ka na ng charcoal stove with a twist. O teka, ano yun? Charcoal stove. Are you, are you familiar with a charcoal stove? Usually yung cement. Tapos lagyan mo ng charcoal, lagyan mo ng apoy. Pwede ka nang magsaing dun o magluto. But sabi niya, this is a different one. It's with a twist. What's the twist? It has a blower. And according to her, it can cook a lot faster than the one without the blower. And I said, really? So I got so interested, she convinced me, so I decided to buy much. And she said something like this, let me ask my husband. Sabi ko, binibentahan mo ako tapos si husband mo ang magdidictate ng price? Sabi niya, yes, because he was the one who made it. I have to ask him for the price because he was the one who made it. Will you believe the price that this society is giving to you? Will you embrace the dictation of the society as far as your value is concerned? They don't have that right. The only person who has the right to declare how valuable you are is the one who created you. And it's God himself. And that is why men... Children, today we are celebrating Mother's Day. Let your mother feel how valuable they are to you. Let your wife feel how valuable she is to you. Because as far as God is concerned, they are so much valued that their worth is more than gold. And that's the title of the message tonight. You are worth more than gold to God. And He will never exchange you for any riches because He loves you and He values you just as you are. You just heard the message from Zumbuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in our social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zekayak Ministries. See you there!